The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Thank you, this is Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark, and this week marks a milestone for the podcast. In over 10 years and 600 episodes, we have done the unthinkable. We missed a week. And that's because I got COVID again. Now, if longtime listeners will remember, I got COVID in early 2021, and there was a 12-minute podcast, but it was 12 minutes of... Uh, and people who listened to it said, man, you sounded bad. So I thought, maybe we'll just pass it a week. This has also been, uh, this particular strain, I've just been, the symptoms haven't been bad, but I've been barely able to get up. So I'm like, I I thought I might fall asleep in the middle of a podcast. So I spent the week watching YouTube, and it reminded me that the one thing the internet needs is more nerds with opinions. So we are back. With Chicago's King of Geeks, Elliot Serrano. How are you this week, Elliot? Uh, for the record, I have nothing to do with the streak being broken. Um, I do believe I was supposed to host with you uh, that week. And we so- were supposed to do this week's last week. And yeah. we're, basically, we're doing this week's next week. Right. <laughs> so. But I mean, uh, but I think I even told you, okay, I am partially responsible because I think at one point, we were supposed to do it on a Sunday, and I said I couldn't make it on Sunday. Oh, and then I got COVID Monday morning. And then Monday. So, oh, I guess so, it is my fault. Yes, you gave me COVID with your absenteeism. So my apologies to everyone out there in caffeinated comics land. Yeah, and I will say this this bout of COVID has been mostly flu-like. It was uh, I, uh, Joe got it this week, and then we were distancing from her all weekend and seemed like it was going well and i tested and i was negative and then monday i just didn't feel right and i tested again and i was like all right all bets are off but we were supposed to talk about batman day and we had another batman day and we didn't have a lot of stuff like there was no big major announcement there was no uh dc didn't send free stuff i guess Partially, it's part of, you know, the Zaslav era of WB where, you know, they're not going to hand out free stuff to anybody right now. But also, it just kind of reminded me of, like, how much I love Batman and how little there's been to love over the last few years. I feel like, for me personally, since the Tom King run of Batman ended, I just haven't had anything that's held my interest to read. And as much as the Matt Reeves movie uh, was great, it didn't feel like the beginning of a brand new era or a whole new world. It felt like the standalone movie that was very good, but I walked away from not unlike the Joker movie. So the Batman I've been going back to, I went back to a lot of my trade paperbacks and graphic novels from the 70s and 80s. And man, did I watch a lot of Batman the Animated Series and does that hold up well? Uh, but it, it was odd. This was the first Batman day for me where it all felt like nostalgia. Well, they were, that's what they were playing. I mean, let's, let's be real. I think of, of any of the announcements, I know they, they announced a Batman movie collection or, uh, figures featuring Batman, Batman, right? Uh, yeah. McFarlane. Yeah. McFarlane, including every Batman with the exception of the Adam West Batman. Which, right, but the but to be fair, he's doing an entire line of Adam West Batman. They're at a different scale. Well, Money Penny disagrees with you. She says, you know, Money Penny doesn't spend enough for Target exclusives. <laughs> this is true. She has me spend it. Uh, but you're yes, and I know. Um, I went to Tar. Speaking of Target, I went there and I found the McFarland Batwing with. Um, is that in stores? I thought that was online only. No, this is like a, I guess it's a modified version. It's like a it's like forty bucks for a bat wing with a uh, with a smaller a Michael Keaton Batman, but it doesn't have. Oh, it's a smaller scale. Yeah, smaller scale. Yeah. And again, forty bucks, not bad. No, well, I got the uh, 
they did a Tim Burton Batmobile for the Flash movie. And honestly, the biggest thing in Batman's world was the Flash, where they tried to hand the Flash movie over to Batman because they no longer trusted the Flash, and then nobody cared. Either. It just, yeah, I mean, well, we've talked about that movie already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, and more than it deserves. <laughs> yes, I agree. Add to that that you know they we don't know you mentioned again the matt reeves batman which i guess the 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 sequel is in production but uh but nothing is in production nothing's in production with the writer strike you know suspending things we're talking about any sort of momentum that the dc extended universe has is has been building is kind of my pat and all people can do at this point as far as dc goes is blame James Gunn for movies that that he had nothing to do with. Yeah, that were made two years ago. Uh, and even uh, Marvel right now is is starting to lose a lot of its momentum, which they're you can see that they're trying to re- recapture with uh, all this pushing of Loki coming back. Uh, to- yeah, well, well, Loki season one was great, so there's that feeling of take it on television terms. This is a good show, so it's the new season of the good show. Like, let's not remember that Secret Invasion was terrible. But yeah, but I'm but think about Batman. Like, even on the publishing concern, I know Chip Zdarsky's been doing a Batman run, and Chip Zdarsky has been known as like this legend for Daredevil and Spider Man, two characters that are close to Batman. Um, he did Spider Man Life Story, which people are heralding as like one of the milestones of Spider Man lore. He's getting his own Spider Man omnibus coming out. No one is talking about his Batman run. People talk more about Chip Zdarsky um, saying it doesn't matter if Spider-Man has a hyphen in his name. Than um, they are about his current work on the flagship title of DC's exactly. main character. Because I know I, I love doing that. I, whenever I go online, I have, you know, uh, besides you as, you know, the biggest Spider-Man fan I know. It needs a hyphen. It has well, hyphen. I know. I, that's I, You and all the other zealots out there will say that. Batman, no space. (laughs) Power Man, space. Spider-Man, hyphen. Hyphen. (laughs) Of this, there can be no debate. Ah, but Chip Zdarsky wrote the book, and he's saying it's not a big deal. That's kind of like, isn't that like being Lutheran? (laughs) Yeah. Just calm down. (laughs) Just just fine. Don't worry about it. There's other things to worry about. Secret invasion. (laughs) Let's get mad about that. (laughs) Hyphens? Nah, we're all right with that. So, yeah, and again, uh, and there's all this stuff. I mean, even Marvel, I don't mean the hack on Marvel again, but Marvel has been pushing event after event after event. I don't care. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I say it all the time. I subscribe to Spider-Man, and that's all I read. And whenever Spider-Man has a special or an event that's part of continuity, it makes me very angry because <laughs> now I got to go find a comic book store. And then, I mean, was there was there a Batman event that took place? Is there a Batman? There event was a there, there. The last big story was Batman Gotham War, and I've heard nobody say anything about it whatsoever. But apparently, like it was Batman fighting all the other Batman characters, so like Robin, Nightwing, Catwoman, Batgirl. But I haven't heard a peep about it. Nobody's talking about the art. Nobody's talking about the issues. So it's like part of me thinks, well, I'll pick up a tree of paperback and catch up. And I'm like, but but why? You know, I was in um, Ollie's. I was going to mention, you can go to Ollie's and find all those uh, DC trades. Uh, there's a whole bunch of Batman trades there. Yeah, well, they had uh, the Batman Eternal trades for like three bucks. Yep. And they had volume one and two, but they didn't have volume three. But I found volume three used on Amazon for like $10. So I was rereading those because I read those as issues as they came out. I sold them. So uh, I don't remember the story at all, but I'm like, okay, this is modern Batman. And then I look at the, the copyright. It's like 2014. <laughs> it's been a while. Like 10 years ago is not modern Batman. <laughs> now, remember those years of, that we lost to COVID, those all count like as one. Yeah, it's not so. quite like 85 to 95 right. culturally. It's like dog but years. Still. COVID was a dog year for us. But yeah, but like Court of Owls is, you know, the new 52 is 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that was, I think, really the last time people went berserk over Batman. Uh, Dark Knight Rises is over 10 years old at this point. So, and 
I mean, I, I feel like we just don't know the way forward, and that uh, kills a lot of momentum for me because, you know, we have the Cape Crusader animated series that got shelled by HBO Max, but they sold it, I believe, to Prime. So it's like kind of happening and it's out there. We have, as you said, a sequel to the Matt Reeves Batman and a sequel to the Todd Phillips Joker, but they don't count in continuity. And then we're getting a Batman Brave and the Bold, Batman and Robin that's going to be tied to continuity. That's its own thing. So it's hard to like, put your finger on what matters you know are we though let's be honest are we starting to be those types of fans remember how you would have okay you have all these comic book fans these days who go i don't don't i don't care if it's an event i don't care just just tell me stories that matter give me stories good stories good writing and good art and and then we're like, oh, but it's not part of an event, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, is that kind of what we've become? I don't know. Um, I, I think the what pushes you into the uh, grumpy old fan category, which I don't think we are yet, although we're not well, I heavy. Definitely am. I, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I, I was saying I'm, I'm not yet, but I'm also not a modern reader anymore. I mean, back when back when Stephen owned the shop and there was New Fifty Two, and and uh, you know Bendis was really controlling the marvel universe i was reading tons and tons of stuff i'm reading like nothing i have my marvel unlimited app and i have to remind myself to go read iron man and fantastic four because i thought those were okay but i i think the what the grumpy old fans usually do is like oh these stories they're not that tell me good stories as you said like tell me good stories with good art and you're like okay so what's Who's an example of somebody that tells good art? Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and John Byrne. It's like, those guys are dead. <laughs> I was like, who making comics now? And it's like, I can usually point to guys I really enjoy. And now, but I am, I am realizing that the guys that I usually pointed to are getting older. My you condolences know, Chip Zdarsky and Matt Fraction and, and the, Rick Remender. Those guys have been in the business a long, long time now. That's true. Although my condolences to the family of John Byrne, who just learned that he's dead. Yeah, I switched the analogy halfway through, but I don't <laughs> think John Byrne gives a shit about <laughs> what, what fans say about anything. He he's oh he's stone cold signed a copy of Fantastic Four two fifty for me in ninety four. And I sold it on eBay. He doesn't sign anything anymore. And I sold that Doesn't thing on help. eBay. I've got a copy of Man of Steel number one that he signed for me. Wow, those are yeah. still good books. Yeah, but, uh, but still thinking about the 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 state of fandom. I mean, let's be honest; it can only run hot for so long. It's going to cool off. Yeah, I think I think we are in a cooling off period right now overall. You know, I mean. It, uh, when we sit here and we would talk about all those fans who would bitch and moan about, oh, Dial of Destiny isn't as good as as the other Indiana Jones movies. Oh, the Disney sequels suck in, in relation to the Star Wars, the classic uh, trilogy and the prequels. And all that. I go, hey, you know what? Uh, guess what? Uh, the movies that you enjoyed are still there. You can go back and you can enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah, and that is true. That's very true, because as I said, this week I watched a lot of Batman the Animated Series, and um, uh, it took me back as well as feeling timeless. I also watched the Adam West Batman series, which took me back as well as feeling timeless. They're always there, but it there is this kind of feeling of like, if something's not doing something new and vital, is it really there? I mean, using Indiana Jones as the, as the example, Indiana Jones came back with Dial of Destiny, we got very excited about it. There was a ton of product. It's now on streaming. It didn't do as well as they hoped. And nobody's talking about Indiana Jones anymore. Like that's done. I just got some of the last set of figures, which I strongly expect are the last set of figures because that's the way it is. And when you talk about these characters that are supposed to be evergreen, like Batman, like Spider-Man, you know, if they're not doing something that's exciting, you feel like something's off kilter. Yeah. No, you're right. And although it, it's for folks who might want to say, well, no, that's the, the, if you want to criticize something like Indiana Jones or criticize Batman and saying that, oh, it's just not holding up. Folks, again, that's everywhere. Um, as someone who hosts a James Bond podcast, we're still waiting to see what happens with James Bond. How many years after the last film came out? I, I know there are James Bond fans out there. We're always coming up on the boards going, when are they going to announce the new 
the new Bond? What it, where are they going to take the, the storyline now? What are they going to do with the character? What can we do to make this character relevant again? It's everywhere. Yeah. Well, and that's how you keep these things alive. Well, and it's one of the things I always said about Batman. One of the things I loved about him as a character is that he's malleable. Is uh, you know, there's there's a Batman for every flavor out there, and it's like, oh, you don't like this Batman? Well, here's this Batman. You know, here's a fun, goofy Batman. You don't like this? Here's a here's a terse, sour Batman. You don't like this? Here's a watermelon Batman. What? Like, there was a rainbow Batman in the fifties. There literally was rainbow Batman. Yes, there was. Yes, that's when comics were woke. That's when yes. woke. Uh, although you know what I don't read them after bedtime. Pretty much, you know what I can't. I can't. What I do not want any more of, as far as the Batman universe goes. Do not give me shows that are that are about the world Batman lives in, but with no Batman. Yes. Okay. I don't want an Alfred Pennyworth series. I don't care about you know the 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 was it Gotham Knights but it's really just Batman's old villains or the kids of his the of his former arch enemy. Yeah, I I totally forgot that was even a thing. Yeah. Like I, I went to Max and I was like Batman. I wanted to see if there was anything I had missed and I was like okay, I'm was caught up on the DC animated movies and here's all the series that I know back and forth and I was like, "Oh yeah, Gotham Knights it ran for like a couple of seasons." And I'm like, I didn't see a single I didn't see a single minute of it. I also didn't see a single minute of Titans. I seen two episodes of Batwoman. I am with you. I wa- I sat through five seasons of Gotham and never enjoyed it. Yeah. But I f- I felt like there was this mandate from coming down from DC was like you can do as much Batman stuff as you want on television, but you just can't have Batman. It's it's like the Sony movies. It's like you can make Venom and Morbius and you know the Sinister Six and Black Cat. I mean, you you can't have Spider Man in any. Yeah, and meanwhile, you've got uh, Superman out there in a in the Superman and Lois show. Yeah, which is actually okay. It started out really strong. You were very hot on it. I was very season. hot on it, and, it, and I cooled off real fast because now it's turned into a, another Dawson's Creek type feel. So. That's what that's what all the CW shows are. That's why I couldn't hang on to Flash, and yeah. I it was the one I was enjoying the most, and I just couldn't keep going with it. But at least it had an actual Superman, and I thought, you know, I thought that. The portrayal of Superman in this show was great. Whereas all those Batman shows, no Bruce Wayne, no Batman. He's yeah. an idea in the background. Well, that even goes back to there was a Birds of Prey series in like 2002. Where it was like Batman was dead. There was like Batman's either dead or he's abandoned everybody. And it's like, nah, I don't see that as being Batman. Yeah. So, yeah. I you know, I have, I have a very hard problem with, with premises that are like, that start with Batman gave up. <laughs> like that's the one thing he doesn't do. He doesn't give up. I had that problem with Dark Knight Rises. They were like, oh yeah, well he fell and hurt his knee. So it's eight years later and there's been no Batman. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck you. I'm like Christian Bale, Christian Bale would have run around with a robot knee if he was in the comics. And thank you for finally agreeing with me in a way on The Last Jedi. Bam. Oh, oh, with Luke not doing anything? Luke Luke giving up, pretty yeah, much. Well, yeah, well, now, yes, but now we're going to get shows of Luke, because Luke is training Grogu, and apparently we're building towards this crossover movie of Dave Filoni's fan fiction. Yeah. Which, uh, man. It's announced on a, a, a site, Screen Slant, Screen Slant, that, whatever the hell that screen was. Rant? No, it wasn't Screen Rant. Okay. It was actually so you're telling me there's a screen slant. rant and a screen slant. Yes, it's there's also a screen crush. Screen crush. As long as it's, as long as it's not. I, I want to. I want to start one called Screen Clean, <laughs> where it's just about good stuff that happened. Ooh, that's a clean screen. That's clean. <laughs> and no dirt on his screen. Because like, remember, remember, we got you covered. Uh, oh one. yeah, they were full of shit. <laughs> full of shit. They they were yeah. they covered you with yeah, shit. Like so. in like giant freaking robot. Yeah. So uh, that yeah, there's all this stuff out there, and it's it's hilarious that you you have all these quote unquote announcements. I'm doing the air quotes. Folks can't see it because we're not live streaming this, uh, but that all these announcements about Dave Filoni's movie, uh, Donald Glover's uh, Lando Calrissian series, which is now a movie. Yeah, all these things that are that are they're being announced when. The writers and the actors who should be putting these things together are on strike and won't talk about it. Yeah, yeah. There's just phone calls being made, so people think they're still working. 
and 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 that that the Hollywood is actually producing stuff and trying to get, you know, I, I will say I feel terrible for every publicist out there trying to promote stuff because they're not on strike. <laughs> they're not on strike, and they've got to somehow promote. Like you know, the uh, the last Expendables film, Ex, uh, Expendables Four or X X XP Four Endables. You know, they put the the four in the middle there somehow. Should have been called Expend This, <laughs> which I think would make it Expandables. Now that I think about it. Oh, they're nice. So <laughs> Sylvester Stallone plays an accordion. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure now I'm tall, and something oh, blows up. Adrian, look, like a polka. <laughs> But uh, it, it the movie is just utterly flopped in the box office. I think it made like eighteen million. And I enjoy, I did enjoy those movies, but I I I couldn't muster any enthusiasm for this new but, one. And the PR folks can't do anything because none of the stars that are in that film, which is the linchpin, that's what makes these movies work. Right. They, they're not. They can't be out there to promote them. They can't do press. They can't do red carpets. They can't. Be promoting the movies. Yeah, Expendables does not live on special effects or fight choreography. No. It's no. all it's all about uh, reunion specials of eighties action but, stars. And I still get uh, press releases from PR groups that are promoting. Like Apple TV Plus has got a lot of stuff going on, yeah. and they ask, "Do you want to interview interview the quote unquote craft crew? The cra- who's on craft crew? For those who might not know, it's not necessarily not craft services, but." Uh, like, I really thought it was the craft. <laughs> what kind of bagels does Timothy Elephant like? <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, but that's, you know, the, the makeup artists, you know, the, yeah. the, the I the, mean, the, even, even the legacy stuff, like the, the shuttle pod show, which is um, the uh, Star Trek podcast that um, trip and Malcolm from enterprise run, which is really fun. Uh, they, they have not been able to, to really talk to as many actors and even actors that are like, I was on Voyager 20 years ago. It's like, they're getting more and more special effects people and, you know, and set designers and production designers. Cause those are the people that are not on strike. You're not on strike. And God knows they need to get their, get the word out there somewhere. Cause they're also unemployed. So, you know, they're like, Hey, I did this on this job. You know, when time comes and we all come back, I could use a job too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, cause that's the thing about the strikes, which is, it's not just the actors and writers. It's like when they don't work, nobody works. Nobody. And that's it. And that's the thing. And that's how they painted it all about. It's it's everybody against the CEOs. Well, unless and, you're the rock and John Cena, you're still appearing on WWE television. Yeah. Well, or, you know, if you're uh, John Mulaney, you're on tour, you're on tour with Pete Davison. I mean, some of these guys have revenue streams that are outside of screen acting and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, no being, I, well, I mean, I'm, I'm taking a shot though at, at the wrestlers because the, the John Cena and and The Rock are both SAG members, and that's they they are essentially appearing on a television show. Uh, yeah, but that providing, con- providing content for one of the big media conglomerates that they're striking against. That, that I I could say, I mean, technically, I know we've. Yeah, Not you, technically, but I feel like wrestling is a gray area because it's kind of entertainment, it's kind of sports. And honestly, it's one of those where it's like, if it's not covered by SAG, if it's not covered by the WGA, then I'm like, all right, go ahead. I mean, the news is still on. Yeah, so but, it's not like- it, but it's them. They are SAG members and they are essentially performing is what I'm saying. If they weren't SAG members, like none of the wrestlers, if you haven't been on a television, you know, the, the wrestlers on WWE and AEW are not SAG members, even right. though they appear on television. But again, folks like The Rock and John Cena are SAG members. Well, that was the thing that Drew Barrymore and Bill Maher had because they tried to bring their shows back. Um, you know, and Drew Barrymore has a daytime talk show. Uh, and they got su- they got such pushback that they decided not to. Even though yeah. Drew Barrymore was not violating uh, the, no. the SAG after. But it was bad press because this is so heated. I mean, if you go back to 2008, when it was just the writer strike, there was no actor strike. Remember, all the late night talk shows were going with no writers. Yep. And it was just like... Conan would come on and he would riff for like 10 minutes. And then the interviews were not covered by the WGA. So he would just go right to guess. And what we've had now for the last six months is nothing. You know, there's no, no late night talk shows, no Saturday night live. Well, but it has been, I think the, many of these producers are uh, paying more attention to the optics of it all. Yeah. They are paying attention to the optics because 
while uh, none of the talk shows on television are are airing, those same talk show hosts are running their podcasts and doing the same thing that they would have done had they had a talk show. Right. There's uh there's the Talk Force Five going on, which is all of the current late night hosts are doing a podcast and raising money for their crews that are out of work. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, Colbert talking to Jimmy Kimmel, talking to Seth Meyers, talking to Jimmy Fallon. And, you know, it's it's just them riffing for an hour, but they have sponsors and the sponsorships go to the Writers Guild, to the Screen Actors Guild and to the crews. How much money is that really raising, though? And can, is it really? I don't know, but the smartless guys seem to be rolling in it. Yeah, the smartless guys, but it's just them. I know? mean, they're not us. No. <laughs> I... I I will say I listened to the first episode and there were produced major corporation commercials on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, that's them. I think that some corporations going, okay, we need to get our, uh, our ads out there somehow because it's not happening with, uh, with this other stuff. Right. They're accustomed to. And yes, you still have things like the mask singer and all these other shows, the reality shows that, that move forward. That'll be the next thing, though. That'll be the next. Yeah, because they're ba- they're basically game shows, and that happened in two thousand eight as well. You got this proliferation of reality as a genre to where it's never going away. Well, you know, it's it's for a while it seemed as a trend like the daytime talk shows. There used to be a million of them, and uh, I think the two thousand eight strike is one of the things that cemented reality. And there's a lot of stuff going on in the reality show uh, arena where a lot of exploitation, a lot of folks who are trying to get into reality TV thinking that it's going to make them rich and famous, and it's not. And if anything, it's making their lives miserable. Yeah, it makes it hard to find a job 10 years later. Absolutely. And, you know, just because you were on The Bachelor doesn't mean you're going to, you know, you're going to uh, find love or fortune. No, but I mean, right now, being on a reality show is like being an influencer. You know, you might make some money now, but there's no guarantee that's going to lead to a sustaining career. Oh yeah, influencers in general also have a they they have a shorter half uh, career. Their their careers have a shorter half life than. uh, Geez, remember when blogs were a thing? Yeah, I I had one. (laughs) Same here. I used to have a very popular blog. (laughs) I used to have. A nationwide recognized blog. Yep. And those went away. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, social media killed those because once once everybody could just post anything they wanted in a second and they weren't you, you weren't writing for an hour and a half and then uploading it. That changed that changed the paradigm. Even I was like, why am I writing my blog book when I just tweeted this thing? Mm-hmm. Now it's all TikTok. The things that people do on TikTok. You want to be a TikTok celebrity. Yeah, but that, that wave's already passed. Whoever's going to become famous out of it is going to be on something that we don't know about right now. There's going to be a thread celebrity. <laughs> I keep trying to give threads a shot. And I, I'm just finding there's now a Twitter hole in my life. Not that I miss it, but I am. there's a lot of news that's going past me. I, I don't miss it at all. Every once in a while, I'll get an alert. It's funny. I get the emails from X. Formerly Twitter yes. from X, you know, and in parentheses, formerly Twitter. It's like, a, it's like getting an email from your ex. <laughs> <laughs> remember when when Prince, you know, changed yeah. his name to the uh, male female symbol. Yeah, that was like the art. They just called him the artist, formerly known as known as Prince. Yeah, they should just say from the social media platform formerly known as Twitter. The great thing about Twitter is nobody liked it before this. It's like people would bitch and moan about it all the time. And yet when they would say, okay, well, it's going away. No, no, no. Don't take Twitter away from us. We need it. Yeah, we only have seven other streaming platforms that the entire population is on. You know, I have to get my word out to the people, even though it's on this platform that I hate, that lets other people get the word out to things that I don't like. You know, I, uh, well, I will say I've kind of just gone back to Facebook and I, t- just sorting through the memes and ads to find somebody I know. Yeah. It's like there's times I give up where I'm just like, all I've gotten is a, I just have a, a feed of 35 Star Trek memes. 
I know for me, when I go, and my dog is chiming in, too, when I go to my uh, professional page, my uh, King of Geeks, or even my Geek to Me page, my old Geek to Me page, which is, you know, every time I, I click over on Facebook to manage that page, suddenly I find like all these cobwebs and like little moths that were caught in the <laughs> in in the, yeah. in the webbing and all. Like, oh, geez, oh, I gotta I gotta clean this page off. Uh, but I the feed itself is nothing but, as you said, ads and things that I am like, why am I getting this now? It's like, why is Facebook trying to push all these ads to an account? That isn't even active. You can tell that it's not active. It's been dormant for how long? Which then makes me go, why would I even pay for ads on Facebook? Yeah, no. Uh, well, that's the thing about social networking. That's like, it's almost ghoulish. It's these pages that become, you know, detritus amongst the timelines. I mean, uh, you know, Bill Monroe, who a great friend of the show, passed away this past year. Uh, his stroke cast was doing well, and he told me about this thing he used on Instagram. He's like, oh, it's an automated thing that has pull quotes from the podcast, and uh, they'll populate it for you, and it keeps the social lines open. And I was like, wow, that sounds great. And, you know, like, Bill's been gone for six months, and I'm getting posts from his podcast, and it really sends a chill down my spine. Oh, yes. They, they, there, was, there have been articles about that, like the, the, the ghost, social media ghosts, you know, when you see yeah. For people who have passed on, but because they set up the, the automatic feeds, yeah, it will do that. And then you have to, I guess, you put it in your will, you know, to how to have that managed. You can have, you can even ask Facebook. I, I even, I got that one at one point. I got a message from Facebook, and I can go into my settings on what I want Facebook to do with my account when I die. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, that's free. I, I imagine eventually the money runs out and they stop, but it's just so, uh, yeah, it, it's so weird. Cause every now and then, and I, you know, I'm, I'm at the point where I got to remind myself um, with Bill. Cause I knew him so long that like, I, I'm still at that point where every now and then I see something he would like, and I'm like, I got to call him. Oh yeah. You can't call him. He's dead. Mm. And, and yet his Instagram is talking to me. It's just, it's, yeah, it, it, yeah, man, it's just, it doesn't help you process. I'll tell no, you that. The echoes, as they say. Remember that whole thing uh, when, I never understood it, that whole bit when in in uh, Star Trek Generations, when Jean-Luc Picard is inside the Nexus and yes. Guinan, and she goes, wait, is this you? He goes, no, this is an echo of who you knew as Guinan. And you're like, you know, what the hell is that supposed to be? Well, now people live it on social media. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. That was one of my favorite things, Picard season three, because they had a uh, a framed picture of Picard and Guinan in the Nexus, and fans were like, "Who the fuck took that?" <laughs> <laughs> it was like a screenshot from Generations. Uh, it was a photographer who was on that ship who got pulled into the Nexus, and all he wanted to do was take pictures of Whoopi Goldberg. And, and that he, was his perfect day. There was one scene where they, the when Picard took a selfie, and they, you never got to see that. It was on the they they cut that out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Still, uh, I'm sorry to get a sidetrack from the from Batman Day and all that. No, but that's what the show's about. Yeah. No, but I think you bring up a really good point. With entertainment kind of shut down, like where can we, uh, you know, how can we get this excitement for new product and for a while, it's like, well, comics are not WGA. And we mentioned this a few times. I'm like, comics are still going to come out every week. And that doesn't change. And isn't Batman really from the comics? So isn't he first and foremost a comic book character? So that's where I feel, I guess, let down by it. It's like, shouldn't there have been like a really cool, you know, anniversary issue? Shouldn't there have been an event? Shouldn't there have been a like, a, we killed Bane? foil chromium book i don't i can't believe i'm asking for something like that but it just <laughs> would have been nice to you know to mark that off well let me let me throw something out here and it's something that uh kind of gave me a chill and again made me feel my age but let's be honest is batman let's now let's consider the entirety 
of the character of Batman in pop culture and how today's generation views even superheroes in general. Is Batman now really a known primarily as a comic book character? I would submit, and I know I will get pushed back maybe not only from you, but from a lot of folks, but I think Batman now is more a movie and television character than he is a comic book character, just like James Bond is more of a movie character than even from the books. Uh, the, the James Bond character has evolved way beyond anything that he was in the, in the original Ian Fleming novels. There are folks who go, oh, well, if they're going to start Bond over again, they, they should just go back and adapt the original novels. And I'm like, no, nah, you, if they go back and adapt the original novels, you're going to be bored. You're, you're going to be, ver there's not that much action in, in these books, in the original novels. There's maybe a little, there's a fight here and there, maybe one or two set pieces, but nothing compared to what, you know, audiences are accustomed to seeing now. And with Batman, like most kids know Batman, why? They know him from the cartoons. They know him from the toys, the t-shirts. The well, I would, argue, I would argue that's not a new thing. I think that's been the case ever since Adam West played Batman on television. I think I mean, even more so. I mean, because... certainly I didn't read a Batman comic until I was 14 years old. And I had been a Batman fan since I was three. Yeah, but look at it this way. When Batman, quote unquote, evolves, it really is more so on in the movies than in the comics. And it, you find the comic books, even well, Marvel does the same thing. They find themselves shifting what happens with the characters in the comics to match up more with what the what's happening in the movie. Um, Batman, okay, Batman, uh, I would say maybe a bit of an exception in the beginning because uh, look at the Michael Keaton Batman movie, which really was, uh, you know, Tim Burton pulling stuff from Dark Knight Return, you know, the Dark Knight right. and other things, you know, Killing Corto, Joke and Killing Joke, Corto Maltese, boom, you know, that's that's straight out of um, uh, the Dark Knight. Uh, but um, but then moving forward, it was always the movies doing things, making Batman cooler and cooler on a cinematic scale. And the comic books were like, oh, okay, we need to make Batman's outfit look more like armor than yeah. it does. I, like and I, I would argue that's not even the movies. I think that comes from the games. The, the games had a yeah. massive, yeah. certainly yeah. the Arkham games had a massive impact on the character. Yeah, I noticed yeah. with New 52, and God knows everybody knows how rushed the New 52 was. You know, they had Jim Lee redesign the Justice League, and they were like, great, go run. And then they realized, well, what, what about the whole rogues gallery? And I swear to God, half of them are just just in the Arkham City designs. You know, and, but at, Batman had that tactical plate suit, and that's the only way he's drawn now. Yeah. You know, you'll... Yeah, you don't you see him in tights anymore. Yeah, and, and you have a lot of you know, the today's Batman fans, or even the today's superhero fans, aren't getting to them so much through comics as they are through video games, movies, and yeah. video games. Yeah, and those I, video I, games are not suffering from from uh, 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 they are not suffering from a dip in sales. If anything, you know the 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 these video games are making money in the billions, much yeah. like you know films. And they are expanding the universe. I, I was amazed. Um, my my oldest son is a big gamer, and he's much more of a gamer than I'll ever be. And honestly, I'm at the point where my reflexes are slowing down, so I'm never going to catch up to him. But I'm amazed. Like when we're watching shows and movies on these properties together, I was used to explaining this is from the comics, this is from the comics, this is from the comics, and it started to turn around. And I noticed with Batman, there would be a really obscure character. And I'm like, you know who this guy is? And he would be like, yeah, he's in Arkham Knight. Mm -hmm. And then the last few Star Wars, uh, as they've explored like the Inquisitors and everything, he knows them better than I do. Cause he's like, oh yeah, these are in um, Jedi Fallen Order. These, you know, these are in Battlefronts. And there's a lot of ideas that were created for games that have been spread out that now I'm not a part of. You know, I'm not, I'm no longer in the center anymore. And yet he never reads comics. You know, he, he he'll watch movies and he'll watch television, but he does not read the comics, and he's probably as well versed as I am in these characters. That's so so is that it then? Is that because all we really have now is comic books? He, he's just not as relevant. And and this be again comics. Even when they were at their their zenith, were still a niche market. 
Um, the, when they would sell in the millions, it's not because a million people were reading, you know, X-Men right. number one. It was because you had everybody buying up how many copies because they wanted it, that they wanted to have it. So that would be worth something later, which. Yeah. Although the first law of supply and demand is the more you make of it, the less it's worth. Less it's worth. Right. That's that's why speculating lasted about 18 months in the 90s. Yep. So, I mean, and I'm, I don't see this as a criticism per se. I don't, I'm not saying, oh, my God, these characters aren't worthy or as as good as they used to be. It's just. It's just, again, as the old fuddy-duddies that grew up reading them as comics, we have to accept that they mean something different to the newer generation. Right. And as well, they should. But I think the difference is where, as we saw, at least I saw everything superhero that wasn't a comic book as ancillary. And yeah, I, I started becoming a devout comic book reader at the age of 12. But I had still had a near decade of Star Wars movies and holiday specials and Saturday morning animated series and reruns of the Adam West Batman and adventures of Superman. And I knew when I would read comics, if I ran into a character, I didn't know it kind of threw me. Like I, I always remember buying secret wars number one. And there's that big splash page where they're all on the floating platform. And I remember there were like only four people I couldn't name. But I was like, well, you know, that's obviously the Hulk and there's the Fantastic Four and that's Captain America. But once I started reading the comics, it was like, well, this is the real stuff. This is this is the pure stuff. And <laughs> and you're right. Maybe that's not even the case anymore, because that's what I'm what I'm saying right now is, hey, I love Batman. How's the Batman comic doing? Nobody knows. Nobody. And in some cases, nobody cares. But if they had released a new Batman video game, you know, right. In a new assault on Arkham game or or whatever. If it, that's what it's missing. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you know, I'm hearing a lot of stuff about Spider-Man too. Oh, that one. It's that that I'm telling you, you have more kids that have been playing that game than than reading the comic. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And you know, yeah. I I you know, as you said, I'm one of the biggest Spider-Man fans you know. Um, I I'm a terrible gamer and I played the first game three times through. So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this game. Yeah, and, and and for the comic book to get buzz, they had to say, oh, we're going to have Spider-Man wear one of the outfits from the video game. Yeah. So that way, you know, we'll get, oh, now if you want to see Spider-Man wear that outfit in the comic book, you know, you can do that. Or we'll have a variant cover where he has that outfit on. Like, whoa, yeah, that's, you know, that's a, they a put, flip. They put that outfit in Across the Spider-Verse because it's as valid a version of Spider-Man as anything else. Mm -hmm. so, oh, and, and, and in this game, they add Queens in Brooklyn. So I'm going to go to my old house. It doesn't hurt that they had actual like Spider-Man writers like Christos Gage worked on the book. Yeah, Dan Slott worked yeah. on a lot of these. Yeah, it's uh, the same way that Paul Dini worked on the Arkham games. Yeah. So there we go. And I, I remember uh, Roger Ebert once said that uh, that video games weren't art. I wish he had lived long enough to see that. Yeah. Of. Yeah. When he said that they weren't. Well, no, there was. I think it's because he only saw the crap. Is the thing he really saw the crap stuff. There was some really good stuff out there, but again, I'm not gonna. Uh, Roger Ebert, one of my one of my heroes, um, who I've pretty much modeled my my writing and my critical career after. Um, he, I can disagree with him too, and you know, you could be the Cisco in your own head. Well, I was, yeah. Though, although I was uh, for folks who there was uh, the um, my old show on YouTube, uh, Comic Culture Warrior. Uh, I was considered, I was the Ebert of that pair. My partner was the Cisco because I was the fat one and he was the snarky skinny one. So <laughs> you were the snarky I was a, fat I was, I was a forgiving fat one and he was the snarky skinny one. So. It's amazing how like uh, I, I saw somebody mention like who Cisco and Ebert were and it's like, yeah, that's, it passes. You know, we were watching, um, uh, we were just watching Deadwood today. Um, I just got, uh, I'm, I'm slowly getting Jill into my my two non-sexual man crushes, which are <laughs> David Tennant and Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> mm, okay. Both of those guys, I'm like, yeah, everything they do, everything, you know, David Tennant wants to be a voice in Ahsoka. Yeah. You know, uh, Timothy Oliphant wants to get shot by a guy from Clone Wars. Okay. <laughs> Still not happy about that. <laughs> but we started watching the first episode of Deadwood and William Sanderson shows up. And, uh, 
And Jill's like, oh my God, look, it's Larry, Daryl, and Daryl. I said, yep. I said, uh, nobody's going to remember that though. We remember yeah, that. I was yeah. like, I was like, people are going to remember Blade, him and Blade Runner. She's like, she's uh, like, yeah, but he has a small part in Blade Runner and Newhart. I was like, they don't rerun Newhart. They don't stream Newhart. No, Hulu don't. just announced they're taking down the Bob Newhart show, which was not Newhart. Uh, it's it, like I'm sitting there going, that's right. Uh, my name is Larry. This is my brother, Daryl. This is my other brother, Daryl. Wow. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right about that. Yep. And Bruce Campbell once said, TV ages like fish. <laughs> uh, 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 you get me in. Yeah, there was something I did want to say. I, I've lost track of my thought. Uh, uh, with um, Timothy Oliphant and your man crushes. Oh, but yeah. David Tennant, uh, uh, the new, just this past weekend, the, the new, oh, the new trailer. Doctor Who premiered. And oh, my God. Please don't suck. Please don't suck. Please don't suck. It, I, well, I don't think it was. It was jaw dropping. Yes. Was so I was, good. I was like, oh my God, everything that I've missed about Doctor Who. And again, all due respect to Jodie Whittaker and I'm sorry, Chris Chibnall, dude, you dropped the ball out of three seasons of Whittaker. You did two, you wrote two good episodes. Yeah. I agree. Uh, uh, but um, I'm like, oh, the, everything that I loved about Doctor Who, I'm sitting there going, holy shit, it's, that's it. I, I, I thought maybe it's that I didn't care anymore. No, there it is. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I'm talking about. I, maybe that's what I'm waiting for with Batman. You know, I'm waiting for somebody to come along and go, yeah, that's everything I love about this character. That's it. And it's not like, I, the one thing I can point to is that Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson film, I thought it was great, and I thought it it did things with Batman that nobody had, had done outside of the comics. But it wasn't the purest crystalline. It didn't it didn't get me on the edge of my seat and going like, "My God, more of this!" Yeah, the way that Doctor Who trailer did. Oh God, that that Doctor Who trailer looked incredible. Of course, David Tennant was, you know, yeah, can read a fucking phone book and and still entertain. But I'm hoping they ramp it up enough where like they get it up to cruising speed where where Nakuti Gatwa comes in, you you're going, Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. No, I think I think I think that's gonna be fun, especially with again Russell T. Davies running it. And he says he's got a whole bunch of new ideas that he wants to introduce, things that he wasn't able to do before, that he knows the times have changed, the character has changed. And that's that's going to be fun. And I, I'll go back to now talking about where people know their characters. Um, Doctor Who is not that character that's made that switch yet. It's not like people go, oh, I know Doctor Who from a video game. Or right. I know Doctor Who from uh, a, a book or a comic. I, it's always the television show. Yeah, but it's always which era of the television show. Yeah. Whereas with uh, with Batman, it's like, oh, my first Batman was Adam West, but my favorite Batman is Batman the Animated Series, and my favorite film Batman is Michael Keaton. And there's all these versions. I feel with Doctor Who, people just get their doctor and they hold on to him. Yeah. And they're like, Tom Baker. <laughs> and, I, and I realize now, like, I started watching, I'm a latecomer to Who, but I've now been watching Doctor Who for 12 years. And I'm the David Tennant guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, David Tennant, it's funny, David Tennant was the Doctor Who got me back into watching Doctor Who again. I was very resistant with, and I tried watching the Chris Eccleston episodes, and I just didn't connect with him. Um, but then, you know, there was that one episode when uh, Rose and the Doctor uh, under Tennant, I want to say it's called New Earth was the name of that episode, yeah. where they meet all the people who, um, what, they were all like lepers. They had all had that sort of leprosy that they get healed from. And the first thing the doctor does is like hug them because none of them had ever felt like contact from another person like in God knows how long. And I remember watching, that was like the first time I was going, okay, this is the guy right here. This is, this is, this is the character that I love. You know, now I get it. But then um, Matt Smith came along and I was very resistant about with him. And just took it to another another level for me. Yeah, see, when I got into it, um, Matt Smith was the Doctor, so I caught up. It's when Netflix first added Doctor Who that I ran through these, and I wasn't resist. And I liked the Moffat era even more than the Russell T. Davies era. I think you know it got a little stale towards the end, which Davies didn't. But uh, I still kind of thought there, you know, 
David Tennant thought about staying on when Stephen Moffat told him his plans. And there's still part of me that was like, oh man, if like if if Tennant had stayed through the entire Smith era as well. Or just one season of that first that first they were gonna do that. They after the 50th anniversary, they talked about doing three each and then three more uh crossovers, and it almost yes. happened. Right, because uh, I think Smith and, and Tennant got together and they said they figured out a way. We'd like to keep doing it. We both want to do it. And they pitched the idea. Yeah, this is what we'll do. He'll do this many episodes. I'll do this many episodes and da, da, da. And apparently Moffat said, no, we're not, we're not doing yeah, that. Yeah, that. And, you know, Tennant's always got a show. Like he's he's one of those guys. He's kind of like David Duchovny. He's too big for TV, not quite big enough for movies. So he's always got a show, So that, which is why I think when they were relaunching Doctor Who, they were like, well, is David doing another show? Then he can do this show. To, to this day, I'm pissed that the Fright Night remake with him did not take off. I like the Fright Night remake. It was written, I loved it. I thought it was great. It was written by Marty Knoxon. It was working for Buffy. Yeah. It had a buffiness it, to it. Yeah. The problem is it came out the same weekend as that fucking Conan movie with Jason Momoa. I, yeah. You know what? That one was more forgettable. Yeah. So. Because Jason Momoa wasn't even Jason Momoa yet. Yep. He was just big. Yeah, still. David Tennant. Can, oh, I mean, I'm, again, I'm still lo- loving him from the, the last uh, season of Staged, which was another brilliant. I didn't see the last season. It wasn't on uh, Hulu. The first two were. Yeah, the, but the. the a Brit box, uh, get a Brit box trial for like a week. Mm. Then you'll be able to watch that last episode. Then just make sure you cancel before they get your eight bucks. Right, I might do that. But the second season of Good Omens was fantastic. Oh yes, no Good Omens. I, I, so many people complaining about Good Omens. You know, saying, "Oh, this is what's wrong." I got uh, quiet. Shut up. I want you to try to get through one episode <laughs> ever, where where your praise. <laughs> of a piece of entertainment isn't people hate it and i tell them to shut up shut up <laughs> you remind me one time i had to take like a five-hour driving class and it was like in this old it was i was in astoria and it was from this old greek man and it was five hours of people come up to me and they say oh but can't i drive over the double line i say no <laughs> people tell me oh i want to sleep and drive my car i say no <laughs> It was a very easy test to pass. Well, people go, oh, I don't like what they did with Azara Fell and Crowley at the end. I say, shut up. I say, no. (laughs) (laughs) There's a COVID. (laughs) But uh, yes, and I'm here. I'm out here going, let's accept things as they are. Things change. Characters change. If you didn't like Good Omen season two, guess what? Season one is there, untouched and unsullied. Go back and enjoy it. You know, nothing, nothing changed. Because uh, if 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 you can still enjoy Alien and Aliens without thinking about the atrocities that were Aliens three, Aliens four, Aliens Covenant, uh, Prometheus, and every other crap. Aliens versus like Predator Tina. Requiem. Yeah, yeah. Then then just you know, just forget it. Just you're never going to live your life. You're never going to be happy. Yeah, I remember talking about that uh, with a friend of mine. I I was like, I just rewatched Blade 2, and I called him up, and I was like, man, I forgot how good Blade 2 was. Guillermo del Toro was amazing. And he said, yeah, Blade 3 sucks. I was like, yeah, we're talking about Blade 2. <laughs> Blade 3 sucking doesn't make Blade 2 worse. The only time that has ever happened was Batman and Robin made Batman Forever worse because it was doing a lot of the same stuff that you ignored in Batman Forever. Well, the- yeah, see, and I liked Batman Forever because this is before uh, uh, um, the director, um, Joe Schumacher. Joel Schumacher went full campy, you know. Well, Batman. that was the thing is that you smell the campy in Batman Forever in a way you didn't before Batman and Robin came out. Right, and then Batman and Robin, he just went full Adam West at that point. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, still, you know. Uh, having Batman go to to uh, Nicole Kidman, it's the car. Chicks dig the car. Uh, I was kind of pushing it. So. Yeah, that's why. Well, that's some pretty cool fight scenes. I thought uh, Batman Forever. I will. 
And I, apparently there's a new cut of Batman Forever out there, too. Yeah, and apparently there's a new cut that only Kevin Smith has seen. So I'll take that with a fucking, <laughs> with a fucking full shaker of salt. Well, I want to see it. What, that would have been a great Yeah, Batman if it exists, I want to see it. But I'm not saying it exists. <laughs> Again, we're talking Batman Day. Why didn't they go the Joel Schumacher cut, you know, of Batman Forever? That would have been cool. No, what do we get? We get... Uh, Tim Burton bitching about how they appropriated his, uh, you know, they put all Nick, the Nicholas Cage Superman in. Nicholas Cage Superman, he was he didn't get that, and he didn't care what what they did with Batman and the Flash and and all these things. Like, see, there is that the grumpy old man, you know, out there in 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 that uh, aspect of entertainment. But it's not us, the consumer; it's the creators out there that are complaining yeah when tim burton's the grumpy old man what chance do we have <laughs> well do you have a greatest thing in the world this week do you have something that you like that other people don't hate <laughs> <laughs> well again i'm gonna for those who haven't seen it yet staged uh i would say if you have not seen staged with uh, michael sheen and david Tennant, they had a third season which again, I'm I I am so I'm I'm I, if I'm gonna get mad at Disney Plus for making it difficult for me to find the Spider-Man movies outside of you know Homecoming because you can't find you know you can't find um, Far From Home or Norway Home No Way Home on on Disney Plus. Well, I'm gonna get on the BBC for not letting for letting the first two seasons of stage be everywhere but where you can find it except for brit box but season three again i i encourage folks uh sign up for that uh, that one week trial or two week trial or whatever watch stage season three there's i always say it's only six episodes and it totally upends everything that happened in the seasons before and it has it has an ending that will break your heart. Just oh. break your heart. And I loved it. I just thought it was great. All right. I got to get to it. Uh, yeah, my, my greatest thing in the world this week is mostly just directed right at you, Elliot, is that Big Bad Toy Store put up the Indiana Jones from The Last Crusade and the Henry Jones Sr. from their adventure series. This is the Marvel Legends Star Wars Black Wave. Um, Indy... This is the best likeness I have seen of Indiana Jones ever. He has an articulated hat, which is so genius. It makes me mad. The other ones don't have it. You can get it down far enough where he's sleeping on a plane and you can get it up high enough where he's confused. <laughs> uh, the I wanted kind of wanted to steal this head and put it on the Raiders Indy, but I realized this likeness is so good that it's very clearly a 1989 Harrison Ford and not a 1981 Harrison Ford. It mm. didn't look right. And then uh, Henry Sr. has removable glasses and a head. And honestly, uh, as, good, as good as any Bond figure I've ever seen. Uh, they put up these two just this week. The rest of the set is not out yet. That has... Um, Antonio Banderas and Mads Mikkelsen and the Grail Knight and Elsa. And I'll get those to finish it out. But honestly, when I put these two on my shelf yesterday, I, I, it felt done in that very broken OCD collector way <laughs> of like something is missing in my soul until this plastic representation of this thing I already cared about is next to the other plastic representations of the same thing I cared about. But uh, I've been props for appreciating that and, and uh, appreciating that and loving it because that's another area of fandom that's pissing Yeah, we're not going to talk about people that are bad anymore. All the indie fans. Ah, they should have come out with a molar rod. Ah, why didn't they do this? Ah, they're ignoring us. Shut up. No. <laughs> I said no. The... <laughs> Well, the thing about indie, like I was sad, and we've talked about this before. It was like, oh, it only lasted like 25 figures. They only did it for six months. And, you know, oh, it must have failed because we're not getting – they didn't announce anything at PulseCon. Um, they announced a bunch of Ahsoka figures at PulseCon. They announced a uh, another set of Spider-Man No Way Home figures from PulseCon, which shows how that movie has legs. But they didn't announce anything for Indiana Jones. And I was like, oh, did it fail? And I was like – 
the more I think about it, the more I think this wasn't a, an ongoing series. This was a limited series. Yeah, and, and, and I let, think we've we got all the issues of this limited series, and it was great. And let's we got to be real. Sorry, folks. And I am, you know, John and I are the two of the biggest indie fans you're gonna you're ever gonna meet. But it's kind of like White Sox fans in Chicago. There just aren't as many fans of the White Sox as there are Cubs fans. And when it comes to fandom, Star Wars is the Cubs, and Indiana Jones is the White Sox, and they just don't sell as much. No. Poor White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to find out where we are, uh, I am at Not In My Book on Instagram. And uh, nah, I'm not really on threads. I have an account, <laughs> but I never go. Uh, but you could also go to Facebook.com slash Comics for all the news that is fit to geek post. And you can also subscribe to our show any way you get podcasts if you're not already subscribed. Uh, just look for us on any podcast app. We show up right away. And as Elliot, you like to say, you can even ask your Alexa to just play my voice at you, which is odd when I do it. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, how do we find you? I am on all the socials. I am also on TikTok now. So you can find me at Serrano. And um, I'm just, if you go to my TikTok, you're going to see, I'm just experimenting right now with the with the app posting a lot of Marvel covers, um, doing funny filters, showing Miss Moneypenny, my dog, with uh, different uh, funny filters on her too. Uh, once I figure out how I want to work with that particular app, um, I'll be doing more concentrated content. But yes, uh, of course, uh, you can also find me and John and the rest of us at the, look for us at the MCU Review Facebook page. Uh, look for MCU Review on YouTube. We will be coming back soon uh, to talk about the Disney Plus shows, starting with WandaVision uh, and then delving into other films within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, and I know I promised last two weeks ago that we would talk to you next week, uh, but in all likelihood, we will <laughs> talk to you next week. <laughs>